Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast about beer and video games. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 261. I am here with Lucy. Hello, I am here. Good, perfect. I'm glad you're here. And someone else I'm glad that is here is Adol. Hey! Hi, I'm here as well. Good. I'm glad we're all present. Uh, No, I'm here. Yes! Um, (laughs) We're a podcast about beer and video games. If you're a beery person, we'll give you a little bit of, you know, games. Come to us. Let us tell you what we've been playing, the things that we enjoy, and see if there's some little games in there that we can lead you to. Or, if you're a gamey person, maybe there's some beers that we can put you onto, or you'd like to know what beer styles we enjoy, and maybe what you would like the flavours of. We're going to explore... All of that, as we do every week. First, the beers. Adol, what are yes. you going to um, start off with this week? I've got a... Oh, is that the right one? Oh, I did it again. I totally meant to swap these. Um, but that's okay. I just... Because I didn't want to have two very strong beers. But I accidentally okay. grabbed two very strong beers. Well, um, it happens. Yeah, yeah no. It's not the worst thing in the world. The worst things have happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to start with the Dulce Cup. The who? Being all blurry because of my camera. There Dulce we go. Who? Which is Cup. The Dulce Cup. Huh. Which is a uh, Imperial Milk Stout in collaboration with Old Hickory Brewery. Um, it's Browry, Poseat, and Cater. Um, so it's a, it's a uh, Dutch brewery. I think they're in Amsterdam and... They are collabing with Old Hickory Brewery. Dulce Cup is an imperial milk stout with water malted bark or aromatic caramelized chocolate malt. Dulce de Leche, malted oat, bittering hops are Magnum and Sriracha Ace. And it is a healthy 9%. Ooh, nice. Okay. Starting off light for the evening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm just catching up to you over the past few weeks. (laughs) Can't be helped, can it? Sometimes big beers are everything. Uh, Lucy, mm. what are you going to? Or are you drinking this evening? I, I can't uh, see something. Yeah, yeah I, mm. I'll have a bit. It's, it's still a bit too cold, so I probably won't open it right now. Um, okay. I'll probably follow you guys. Maybe in the first topic, I'll open it. But mm-hmm. it's the uh, Schmor Tonkoko. I think I've I've definitely had a Tonkoko from Brew York uh, yep. on the podcast before. Don't know if it was a Schmor. Might have been. Uh, it is a marshmallow, coconut, cacao, tonka, and vanilla milk stout, 4.3%. And it's got oats in it, uh, crystal 400, torrified wheat, chocolate, roast barley, and crystal 150. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've had this exact one on before, but yeah, it's... It's a stout from New York. You've definitely, definitely had a Tonkoko stout yeah. from New York, but I can't remember the yeah. adjunct it, that went with it. Mm, or even it if it was just the their, their base their base Tonkoko stout as well. I'm sure we've all had that at some point too. They're good. Mm. The Empress Tonkoko yeah. is really good as well. Mm. What's, the, what's the Empress? They got up to about 11 or 12%, think, doesn't it? I don't know if that one's that high. It might be. Let's have a look. And Chris Tonko is I don't want the price, I want the ABV. <laughs> don't they correlate? 
Practically no. twelve quid, twelve percent done. Uh, ten point six percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Right. Nice. All right. Um, okay, I am going to open a beer uh, from Harbour, uh, but it's a correlation with Arbor. Harbour and Arbour. Oh, um, oh, that's clever. I've already yeah, got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 7% IPA. Uh, it's got wo- uh, um, the malt are wheat, lager, barley, and caramel. The yeast is BRY97, and the hops are Azaka, Citra, Galaxy, Brew One, and Sabro in it. Um, yeah, it's 7%. Uh, both of my beers this evening are local-based, you know, Arbor being sort of just down the road, uh, because it would normally be on the bank holiday weekend in May coming up, uh, the East Bristol Brewery Trail, which I don't believe is happening this year. It happened virtually last year because of everything going on, but I thought I'd stick a little bit local this week uh, with my beers. So I'm going to crack this one first. Adam, we'll come back to you. Um, I did a bad pour, ah, and it's taking forever yeah. to look at this head though. All the it's bubbles. Like, it's, it's, nice. it's like a it's like an ant farm. Like you can, it's <laughs> got like little microcosms inside of it. This will take a while. I'll go after you are Lucy. You didn't crack your beer, right? <laughs> no. well, I yeah, I, I, I just dunk your head in it. It's fine. Pork I mean, quick, quick. I can at least talk about the nose. Oh wow. So it's really light, slightly toffee, but you're getting that dolce de leche, really, really, like that sweet milk immediately. It's so smooth smelling. And just with a hint of like um, roasted um, malts, a little, a little co- coffee maybe? Hmm. But mostly just sort hmm. of like a little burnt um, and just this lovely sweet milky um, nose. I, I'm, I will just... Ooh. I mean, it kind of tastes like like it smells. Mm-hmm. Got through that froth. Well, so the nice thing about the head being so solid is it it just kind of stays F- when floats you floats on it the sort level, of floats yeah. aside and lets the liquid get by. Um, yeah. So those ro- that those roasted malts are coming through a lot more. Um, there's a slight dankness actually, right on the tail of the finish. Finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really so I, the the I, the thing I was checking the tin for was this caramelized chocolate malt, mm. and I think that's actually that coupled with the dolce de leche is giving this really like nice um, sweetness with this toffee sort of rolled together, which mm-hmm. is very very satisfying. It's much more like a desserty because of all the sweetness because of the milk stout um, and the dolce de leche. Nice, but that burntness is getting uh, giving it a little more depth some more density in the taste um and like i said there's just a little bit of hoppiness um also happening in it um which like more so than you would think in a in a stout and so it's got got a little bit more of a beer finish so after the burnt sort of starts to fade back you get a bit of this dank hoppiness and then also this dulce de leche is just sort of sitting really low but constantly and so it sort of finishes a little hoppy and a little sweet which is really mm. interesting for something that's very much an imperial uh, milk stout for the rest of the taste to finish more kind of like a sweet IPA almost, just because the, the, the hops are kind of sticking around a little longer than the malts. Very interesting yeah. beer. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm going to pour the rest of it now. Nice. Good job. Good job. Um, this beer, it come, it's come out really sort of a deep brown. Like it's not, you're not even quite bronzy. It's sort of quite, like, quite dirty. It's like in color, almost reddish, like amber. Yeah, yeah, very mm. much, very much. Um, maybe, maybe not on camera, but to me, it does look a little bit more brown, a little bit more dirty. Um, really light nose, like incredibly light. Not getting much off of it at all. But um, in the flavour, there's a lot going on. There's loads in this. You're kind of met by this very sort of sweet fruit, which which turns sort of a little bit stewy, like a slight little hint of something like licorice or something, just on the back there, and then kind of gives you a bit more of a coconutty sort of flavour as well, and all of those fold into each other so they all follow on from each other and kind of all come together to sort of present this very i don't know it's it's like this really hard flavor i'm using mm. solid measurements to tell you what my beer is like but it's, it's like this hard flavor it's not too bitter but it's kind of it feels just quite blunt um Mm. It's interesting because all of this stuff's going on, but then you just sort of like, bam, there it is. See ya. And she's like, oh, cool, okay, all right. Uh, thanks for you know that little bit of flavour as it goes through, but then you're leaving me not with very much at all. Okay. Um, Short lived. There's no finish. Long finish. There's not. There's not a long finish. That sort of coconut sticks around a little bit, um, but it's gone. Well, you know, I sips it. Five, maybe ten seconds ago now, and it's it's pretty much gone. Um, it's not that dry in that it's not wanting me to reach for it anymore and try to get some more from it. It just is what it is. It's just the flavour is done, and it's kind of like yeah, come back to it when you want. Mm. Don't don't rush it. Um, don't get the seven percent. Doesn't feel that big. Um, it's a little bit sort of medium in body. So it's not a big beer. It's it's just kind of just a beer. It's it's all right. It's okay. I mean, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's better than bad. That's true. It's better than like a drain pour. I will absolutely kick back and and drink this, um, without you know having too much trouble doing so. Um, so we'll yeah we'll crack into things then. I suppose. And Lucy, you try Oh, Lucy, whenever. hold on. Uh, <laughs> the finally the illustrious yeah. return of the measuring cup. The yes. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Lately, you've been doing, like, water bottles and, like, small glasses. Yeah, and... Chuck's always got a comeback. Mm. <laughs> oh, the beer Jesus. Hey, the beer Jesus. How you doing? Um, <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, Lucy, yes. Crack your beer um, whenever you're ready. Just let us know when it's sort of uh, warmed up a little bit. Yeah, it's um, still a bit uh, too cold. We, we haven't quite hit the, um, uh, you know, we can go through the night and see if we can get the cameo bingo going. Dorian starts screaming at the door and Kim appears out of nowhere uh, to, to get the trifecta of cameos for the, uh, for the evening. Um, but let's launch into uh, our topics then. Um, 
for tonight. Who would like to kick us off? I know there's probably lots of games for us to talk about because we had a very beery episode last week with Andy from Vault mm. City, so we didn't get into talking about too many games. Yeah. So there's a couple of weeks of games to uh, to get to. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick off unless mm. you wanted mm-hmm. to, though. No, go for it. I had, oh, I just couldn't remember which game I played last week, but I definitely want to talk about it. Uh, yeah, mine are basically all indie games, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to dwell on them too long. Um, sure. I'll start off with a game that I literally got given today, and it's it's a very... It's a Lucy game, because as you lot know, I'm a word game nerd, and... Um, mm. This is basically just, you know, word ladders? You get the rungs and you change a different letter every um, oh, yeah. every rung. Um, it's that, <laughs> just on a modern console <laughs> instead okay. of on pen and paper. And it's like the perfect intersection of my love for just nerdy word games and um, achievements. So <laughs> <laughs> Xbox? Uh, yeah, I got it on Xbox. But um, yeah, it, it's just simply... A word ladder. Everyone knows what a word ladder is, and it's it's that. But <laughs> you're just, just uh, googling word ladder. It, is that is that it's, what it's called? Word it's called ladder. ladders by Pogi. P O W G I. They've got a whole um, suite of like these. Uh, oh, I understand what these are now. Yeah, word ladders. You'll you'll know it when you see it. Just Google yeah. word ladders. Um, but yeah, they've got a whole suite of uh, different word games. They've got like crosswords, and uh, they've got like word Sudoku, and it's just like, oh, um, oh. yes, it's Wordoku. Yeah, it's very much my my jam. But it, there's really not much to say other than it's like ladders, but it's on a game console. I wish I wish it was on. Um... It's not in the back of a paper. Yeah, <laughs> I wish it was on like Play Anywhere, where where um, Xbox is. You know, fancy corporate term for you can play it on PC and you can play it on mm. Xbox and cross. So you can play it on your tablet and everything. That would be nice. Um, it, this probably is an iOS or, or Android uh, version for it. The games are everywhere. I think I first saw them on Switch, which would be would be a good place to play them. But um, on PS4, I even saw one that's on like Vita. Uh, long live the Vita. Um, but yeah, it's it's word ladders and. I think I think funny enough the the market for this uh, is probably one percent people like me who like word games and ninety nine percent people who just want to get like a thousand G worth of achievements. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a little word game. You you got this got this funky music playing in the background, which you can turn off, thank God. Um, nice. <laughs> and you've got uh, like 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 there's a dad joke every time you complete. Like one of them, and I mean, this sounds intriguing. Yeah, uh, and given my levels of humour, uh, it seems right, right on the note, right on the money. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a word ladder. It's good. I, lo- I love. What was it called again? Sorry, it's called Ladders by uh, Pogi. I think the rest of the it, it's from a publisher called Little Wood Games or developer, uh, developer. But yeah, they got. Tons of them. Um, How was Pogi spelt? P O W G Y. Yeah, Prisoner of War G I. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's how I choose to spend my days. No, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just thought I'd have a look on 
um, on my phone mm-hmm. on the Android store to see if there was anything on there. I, I searched Pogi mm-hmm. and nothing has come up but loads of word search, word mm. flow, word yeah. connector, word blocks, those kinds of yeah, word doku. Yes. Um they all they all kind of come up. So yeah. other people must have searched it and it's kind of linked those tags mm-hmm. or something from other yeah. places. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be on Android. Yeah. Because on Apple Arcade they put a uh a a crossword um, app on the uh, subscription when they just dropped like I think they dropped like thirty games one week and that mm. was one of them and it's because um, I love like the New York Times crossword and they do a mini every day and that game is basically just tons of mini crosswords so it's like yeah. okay I've got the New York Times and I've got that on top of it and now I've got letters by Pogi so nice words for days. Yeah, <laughs> you get no work done now. It's like a let's have another little crossword break. It's fine. Yes. Um. Uh. The other game I wanted to talk about. In fact, there's two more. Uh, the one that that I finished a few weeks ago is Shelter Free, which mm. um mm, right. <laughs> have you not played the Shelter games? Only the I think first I played one. a bit of one. Okay. But you know, probably um, on two. Yeah. But for the folks who don't know, uh, Shelter, the first game, it was it was quite like unique at the time. You you're basically playing a uh, as a mother badger caring for a young, and um, for some reason they had to go. They one day they just decided to up and leave their den, and they decided to go. <laughs> Clear across this forest. I don't know why. I can't remember. Maybe it was there was a fire. Maybe that was why. I can't remember. It's been so long ago. When did that game come out? Was it like 2013? I was going to say it must be seven odd years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So back then there wasn't much like it. Uh, yeah, 2013. Um, yeah. Jeez. Eight years ago. Um... But yeah, this is the third game in the uh, series. I think they did an offshoot one called Pause or something like that. I think I, I think I've played all of them, but uh, Shelter Free I think is it's my least favorite. Um, okay, which is a shame because after the first Shelter, I think I think that one hit more because it's like there was nothing else like that at the time. It was quite unique, and it was like there's only so many. Bambi stories you can tell really <laughs> in in that kind of format, um, but this one it's about an elephant herd, um, and you'd think with like elephants being very emotional creatures, that you know it would evoke some, you know it evokes something. It'd have it'd have a good story. It'd have uh, you know this is the game out of all of them that should have probably made me cry, <laughs> you know. But it's like <laughs> it. it it just didn't hit that mark um, mm. because I think that's mainly because of the gameplay getting in the way of it in terms of you obviously have these baby elephants at the start and you're, you're, you're heard, you're basically the, there's a matriarch there but you know she's very old so you're like the new matriarch, playing as the new matriarch and you're having to you know lead your herd across the Serengeti or whatever um, and it I played it twice because it's very short. It's only about forty-five minutes, oh, right. oh, wow. and okay. it seems like no matter what you do, your little calves just 
get snatched by tigers and crocodiles no matter what you do. It seems like it's on rails almost to a point Mm. where you can't control that. And I think, I don't know if that's true, but it felt like I had no agency and therefore Mm. the story was dictated to me, which might have been the case in like Shelter 1. I can't remember it's been so long ago. I think Shelter 2, you had a more autonomy and you could, could keep your cubs alive for the whole whole journey, but this Shelter one it just seems the, like they're swiped not, no matter what you do. foxes, you were like a cat, like a lynx or something like yeah. that, weren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that, so it just, yeah, because I was like, the first time, I mean, it's, it's very abstract and, and what you're doing and they're not, they don't really give you like much information like mm. that, that you don't have like uh you, you know a whole tutorial it's like here you go and so uh, the, at first i was like okay i gotta keep these elephants fed and just getting down the mechanics um even though there are very few of them it's like okay these elephants are gonna this is what this meter means these elephants are gonna starve to death if i don't knock down a tree and give them apples or something and the first time around i was like okay um Maybe I just didn't get everything. Let me play mm. it again. And this time it was like, no matter what I did, like my cubs still got swiped at you know the same time. Um, oh, not even like the... different moments. Well, there's two. Di- there's different paths you can go down. Like th- there's always two um, branches where you where you can can go at different sections of the story. It's like, okay, do you want to cross the desert or do you want to go? via the lake with full of crocodiles. So I tried to pick different ones at each time. But I still did sometimes try and go on the same path just to see. Mm. <laughs> and they still got obliterated. <laughs> it's just like it's just like, yeah, there's blood in the water now. Um <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so so it didn't give me that emotional connection that, that I thought yeah. I had and um as I say the story's very abstract. Um, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's it's just it didn't hit home like mm-hmm. um, a yeah, the did. first game did, and b how I thought it would given those elephants and elephants are just. I mean, everyone's watched Dumbo, just sad. Or if anyone watches David Attenborough, um, David Attenborough program, sad man. Yeah, yeah those elephants cry. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, but yeah. Um, do you, bit underwhelming, do you but do you think part of it is just that like 2013 was a long time ago, and they just haven't evolved the yeah, game? That, that, that's precisely what I think it is. It's it, it, More of it the seemed same like work. yeah, it seemed like well, there's a point. It's like how far can you take this when when it's something like that and has the emotional impact of the first one, and it is unique back then. But you do two more of them. It is diminishing returns, um, but they have another game which looks. I think they call it like a mini um, MMO RPG, which oh. which I believe like. I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I believe like most of their um, focus will probably be on that game because it seems like mm. their first game that could be like in terms of scope and eyes on it, like, pretty big. Um, Might and Delight's the developer, and yeah, check out, I think it's called Book of Travels. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks 
cool. They call it a TMORPG. <laughs> right, okay. But, um, yeah, the, the art style in that looks fantastic. And the art style in all the Shelter games are great. They look like yeah. patchwork quilts in, in motion. So. Yeah, they do. They, they, it's kind of got that really nice um, like storybook look yeah. to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it feels like... And, and that, that's, I think, what I got from that first kind of... Um, from the first game that it felt like a story kind of being told and you're participating in that and I can kind of see where maybe then there's that linear element to it that you are Mm -hmm. kind of yes you are participating in this story but this is the story and this is what you're kind of being told the second one gave you a little bit more agency and then that's been taken away in the third it kind of seems like a backward step Mm. Yeah, I don't think oh, it was just me playing awfully twice, but it just felt like it was a bit more, a bit more linear. Even though they do have those branching paths, it just—I mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's as I say, a bit underwhelming. But I'm looking forward to Book of Travels. Like, what will that game be? Um, so, so I just did a quick search, and mm-hmm. TMO RPG stands for Tiny, Tiny Multiplayer yeah. Online RPG because each server will have a limited number of people on it such that you can actually curate interactions. Mm. Yeah, it looks same... really cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so long I as just enough wanna... uptake happens and people don't like... Because imagine mm. being on a server that then, like, the four people you got matched up with or 15 people or whatever the ma- number is, um, they were like, yeah, I've seen what this is, and then bounce, and you're just like... <laughs> to be honest, oh. that would be my perfect... Uh, ideal it's like just me in that one (laughs) yeah discovering the world if i can play on my own you kind of want it to be something like journey where Mm. people can kind of dip in and out yes you're limited in the amount of people that you're interacting with it might only be sort of a, a pool of 15 or 20 people but they can drop in and out and you can play it kind of solo and discover people on the way and that sort of thing so yeah it'd be interesting to see whether this is, um, especially with the with the RPG um, acronym on the end as well, mm. that this isn't a sixty hour experience um, that can just go horribly awry, or not even a sixty hour experience, a, a seven hundred hour experience. You know, with all of the end game content and constant continual updates and things that you the need to, yeah you need to keep those people in it'd be very interesting yeah. to see how that yeah. all shakes out i i I'm, re- I'm really looking mm. even if i don't play i'm just looking forward to seeing what that team does with that game because yeah. it, it just seems fascinating but i just want to like be a messenger in it or something <laughs> just walk around the town it's so pretty <laughs> that's yeah, just like be the uh, postman yeah that's all i want <laughs> It's like here you go. I deliver like the letter to the other people who are about to go on a raid, and I just it's like have fun. <laughs> just go deliver a lot. I mean, letter. a raid is just a caravan to a new town, though, <laughs> and you just settle there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward that. to something kind of like Journey as well, where where it's like not you know no violence, but still mm. somehow some some other way of keeping you wanting to go to this persistent online world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't have enough of those, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. That's why this seems so unique, so I hope they can do like what they did with the first shelter and just come out with something that's so unique on, on like the foot and knock it out of the park the first time, so. Yeah, we'll see. Um, mm. Last game, was it the last game? Well, another game. 
uh, wanted to talk about was Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Oh, yes. The, 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 like the best name for anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no game can, can beat this one. It must be good just based on how good yeah. the name is. And it is good. And it's short, which I like. Um, yeah, it's it's basically a... <laughs> it's very much in the vein of like a Zelda game. Uh, traditional Zelda. So it's got that kind of like slightly askew, tilted, uh, top-down um, perspective to it, um, like sixteen-bit RPG sort of eight-bit RPG. Yeah, this is this isn't uh, pixel art though, is it? I, I literally just played it like oh, I just meant the couple days ago. I think it's yes. just a unique lo-fi art, art yeah. style. It's very colourful. Um, it, it's colourful in in it, in its art style and its uh, language and tone. Um, you are playing as Turnip Boy. Um, and you commit tax evasion, which I can't hate. Uh, why not? <laughs> um, basically, it, the very start of the game is uh, Mayor Onion um, is like, I've evicted you out of your house, which was just a greenhouse, um, because you've committed tax evasion. <laughs> um, and it's... It, it's very much a Zelda, you know, a not. I guess it's a riff. I guess it's an homage to like Zelda, where, I mean, one of the first things you go and do is like you get a sword, and it's like, you know, it's dangerous to go alone or whatever. <laughs> um, right. but it's 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 very funny in those. It's sort of like minute in that sense, where it's like playing mm. on that genre. This is very much more traditional, like you know, you're um going around solving puzzles in dungeons and hacking and slashing, but um. It's basically, you know, paying homage to to games like that, adventure ga- old adventure games like that. It, it, it tells, you know, it's got funny jokes about, you know, the video games and video game culture and industry and um, and just about <laughs> capitalism as well. It's like, it's one of those where it's like, okay, we're going to, you know, lay on the anti-capitalist jokes a lot, but they're mm. all funny and they all hit. Um, uh, Excellent. I really just want to tell you guys like the story <laughs> why this why this is a capitalist world full of is uh, it like integral to the plot it, you find it out at the end and it's just it's oh, like uh, do you like want to know should we like tell our listeners to jump ahead a minute or something Ooh, yeah go on yeah, yeah so go on. splash spoiler alert uh, jump ahead yeah. two minutes I'll go um, like this when you can listen again if you're watching the video uh and, and if not, you can just hear it. Yes. <laughs> but basically, uh, humans were alive in this world. Uh, they basically, because of capitalism, set off a nuke. Um, <laughs> and then this is basically a post-apocalyptic world where onions wow. and, and turnip people inhabit the place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the rise of onion. the root vegetable. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and Which vegetable are... do you root for? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> and um, Mayor Onion, he's he, he's found like um, basically Turnip Boy is like in a lineage of like mafioso and. The, the, you just the, have to the... pause. Turnip Boy is such a lovely <laughs> turn of phrase. Every time you say it, part of me just wants to giggle out loud, and I have to acknowledge that because then maybe I won't accidentally giggle throughout the rest of your <laughs> <laughs> explanation. That's fine. Um, Sorry, but, so mafioso lineage. Yeah, and uh, Mayor Onion basically uh, turned his back on like the mafia, and he wants to adopt human cultures. So he just made up this. He adopted our 
you know, <laughs> capitalist society and just made taxes. You know, he was like, let me, you know how, you know, he, he's uncovering um, artifacts from a forgotten world. And he's like, let me adopt this <laughs> part of human society, which is the most effed up part of it. And let me just uh, run this capitalist regime in, you know, this this uh, vegetable town. And um, mm. that's why it's, that's why, every, you know, rent is so high in Turnit world. And yeah, he, he sought to ape... He did not learn from our mistakes, basically. No, um, no. Yeah. But yeah, so that's... has got a bit of an animal farm, like, riff. Yes, yes. But it just made me laugh. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's only about two hours long, as I said. Two, about two and a half hours long. Um, it's... It doesn't wear out its welcome, which is good. Because mm-hmm. it is just like a, you know... Grouping traditional indie... Yeah, yeah, plus that, but it's... Yeah, traditional indie game that's like you 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 you're in dungeons. Every like set little part of this small little town you go into, you you do a dungeon. So it's like you know, a dungeon in a great well dungeon. Um, go to a graveyard or you go to this abandoned farmhouse, and um, puzzles are like um, very light, very simple. It's very easy. Like a very small portion of the game is actually like. Hacking and slashing. There's a boss at like every at the end of each dungeon, but it's, I died like like once maybe. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, little puzzles. Um, like you can roll bombs. Um, you can like move. It's basically your soccer bomb puzzles, like just moving, you know, blocks out of the way. And mm. um, there's a little portal puzzle where it's like oh i can place a portal here and it will teleport me to over there and stuff like that it's very simple but um yeah it's just really enjoyable it's i played it in like what two settings and i enjoyed every minute of it so nice nice yeah it's just really colorful really funny um the good thing one of the good things is that as soon as turn it boy you can like find different you know different um Pieces of uh, like I don't know books and um, like papers and stuff like that and just just little collectibles throughout the world and um, just fleshing out this you know very silly awful, place yeah this <laughs> this very silly but very awful place built on <laughs> a capitalist regime and each time he gets one he just tears it in half <laughs> like, oh that's really good <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and that's it yeah it's it's really good really well put together. Um, very charming. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. So nice, good. Yeah, that's Turnip Boy Guns Tax Evasion. What did you the name, uh, play on? Uh, PC. Um, I think it's on Switch, which would be a perfect place for it. Really, we say mm-hmm. that about every Switch game, but it truly would be. Turnip Boy Guns Tax Evasion. I mean, uh, from every almost every conversation we have, the Switch is the perfect place to play. Yeah. Most games. Everything. Mm. Um, Outriders. <laughs> I mean, docked with a controller. With pad. a pro controller, but then that's just a con- console game. But also, yeah. no, it's it's better played with a mouse and keyboard, as I discovered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was developed by Snoozy Kazoo. And. Yeah. Somehow I'm not surprised at that name. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Check it <laughs> out. Amazing. 
Shall I talk about one last game very quickly? Oh, good. Um, because I'm sure, I'm sure nobody wants to hear about a game that came out in 1997 of all times. <laughs> I mean, now I do. What happened in 97? 97 was the year I started driving. No. Oh, you can drive earlier in Canada. Well, not anymore, oh, yeah. but you used to be able to get your learner's permit at 14. Okay, that makes sense, because I was seven. Um. <laughs> Loki dead, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, um, I was seven was... and playing what did, what did, uh, the what Neverhood, did I do? probably. What did I do that was notable at 13? Um... <laughs> Also, Loki dig somehow. No, <laughs> just, no, no yeah, just also younger no, than also all. younger. Not at all. Like it's not that much younger. But I think yeah, I'm, over, I'm over here, back. Like, at that yeah. age, you know, you're 13. What did you do? I probably smoked. That's about it. Yeah, oh, I was, I was a good boy. Went to school or something like that. Yeah. Did you GCSE or something? I hadn't ran someone over yet because I could drive at a ridiculously <laughs> young age or something like that. But. <laughs> Yeah, oh, anyway, so so you, you, you turned you, of age. Lucy, age seven. Mm. Yeah, um, I was probably playing the Neverhood at the time, which is uh, <laughs> another niche um, point-and-click adventure game. But this is a point-and-click adventure game called Voodoo Kid, which is, despite the voodoo, is um, not culturally insensitive. Even in um, nine, really? you know, okay. yeah, it's, it doesn't have any of the you know weird. It's just, it references voodoo and it has some things about voodoo, but as I say, not culturally insensitive like nice. most games from the 90s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, when voodoo comes along. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really short. It took me it took me like an hour and a half, and most of that time was uh, waiting for the animations to play, so it was, <laughs> it was very, it was that age of CD-ROM games where it's like, okay, we're going to do these, you know, animations and you know really bad computer generated graphics and stuff that's going to take precedent over like actual puzzles like we can make yeah. things move so we will yeah. make everything move yes absolutely it is one of those games um but yeah it, it what i will say it's it i didn't have to look at a walkthrough which is oh, incredible for a game from 1997, a point-and-click adventure game. But yeah, really short. It's definitely like aimed at kids. Um, mm. The kids who played it are probably like what, grown-ass adults now. But it, it, it released on GOG, released on Steam. Um, oh. I just I just went on GOG and was like, I've never heard of this game before. And, um, you know, I had a good time with it. And people were like, oh, you brought this back from my child. Very few people, I will say. But people, it's just good to see games be brought back you know yes yes i mean that's the mm. one of the main reasons why i've always been a fan of gog and what mm -hmm. cd project does is because before it were cool they were basically just a home for these old games that yeah. like didn't really have current publication or whatever it's like oh we figured out like they're one of the main reasons why DOSBox became a thing in the commercial sphere is mm. because they were the first ones to sell a bunch of games that ran with DOSBox, which was open source and still is open source. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Sure. Um, but yeah, and so like, I'm not surprised that this really obscure point and click CD-ROM adventure game you found on GOG. Yeah, I mean... It, it sounds like it runs better than Cyberpunk 2077, too. <laughs> um, oh, well, 
uh, it worked. <laughs> so, Cyberpunk 1997. So, so yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it's it's just great to see like games like that. Like I had never heard of this, but it's. I, I'm glad I, you know, it, it it just feels very comforting to go back and play games that clearly aged a lot. Um, mm. This one, not so much because you know puzzles were doable and it wasn't culturally in- insensitive so <laughs> most of that age was the graphics so yeah it's Which just yeah absolutely it just takes you back though that even mm. those graphics so without them like wouldn't be the same so yeah i i, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it even though it was nice. very short excellent but Perfect. that's voodoo kid so for, for the two people out there who played voodoo kid in 1997 they're like you know, just saying, what are they going to bring for the kids? That's it. The, 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 we've absolutely that we have now hit our complete niche. There's yeah. someone at home drinking their homebrew, thinking, <laughs> "Fucking Voodoo Kid, mate." That's the game I played yeah. in 1997. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. definitely have never seen this game before. <laughs> no, I hadn't. I hadn't. And when I got the like press release, I was like, "What is this? I want to know." Um, so yeah, wow, thanks to, to the. Uh, I think the developer is Infogrames. I don't know if they they did. The oh, I mean that's server. that's um, the OG point and click adventure studio. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, although on Steam <laughs> they have Voodoo King, three games, a kid, <laughs> Starshot, Space Circus Fever, and International Tennis Open, which I'm not going to click on because in my head this is also a like. Point and click adventure game of the International Tennis Open, which I don't know what that is, but you sure? I'd play it. Yeah. I'd play it. I'd yeah. play that over a tennis game. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Bring back more old obscure PC games, please. I mean, just yeah. just sit on GOG forever, couldn't you? Yeah, because so you'll make about five people very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you turn a profit or not. Yeah, that's second. That's second. To Holy crap! They spent they Sorry. spent thousands pulling these games back and, and updating <laughs> yeah. them to be able to run on current hardware and stuff. And then five people leave them some five star reviews. And like it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely worth it. Yeah, because um, I was reading about uh, the Blade Runner remake that they're doing. Yeah, and just what an absolute ball ache that is. And yeah, because they lost thinking, the original source code, so they've had to rebuild it from the ground up. Yeah, um, and like that is a game with like so many different permeations, like different stuff can, you know, there's different outcomes, different dialogues. You know, there's different people can be like uh, what are they called? What are the robot people? Replicants. <laughs> yes, replicants. <laughs> are you a replicant uh, or a replicant? Who knows? In that game, that's a paraphrase <laughs> of the very terrible line. Spoken by Johnny Depp in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, or to I believe uh, who was it? It was either Antonio, Antonio Banderas, Banderas or Machete. Yes, and he goes, "Are you a Mexican or a Mexicant?" And it's like this. This movie is too like it, it was in, released in the two thousands. You shouldn't. Nah, I, this feels weird. I, I but Once Upon a Time in Mexico is absolutely a relic of that era. But it's very fun. That's a very. Yeah, fun I should. Movie. Yeah, I haven't watched in a long time is that that's that's the sequel to desperado yes which is the sequel to el mariachi yes. which was rodriguez's first film that he's filmed for a magical ten thousand dollars if you haven't seen el mariachi you should watch it 
it's amazing what Rodriguez can pull off it with is, basically uh, duct tape, one camera, and a lot of gumption. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then they recast Antonio Banderas as the as the character for Desperados because he yeah. wasn't in El Mariachi, or someone else. You know, yeah, but that, that, that guy. Film, and then they um, go, here's, here's more money. You go, oh, yeah. cool, we'll get someone else in. Uh, but also, great Steve Buscemi um, role in Desperado as the weird sidekick narrator boy. And then anyway, I'm, yes, I'm now tangenting yes. on a tangent. I think I was gonna. And then I okay, what's ah fuck? What's his name? What's Johnny? No, 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 no. What's the Mexican actor who um, who kills Steve Buscemi? Who throws all the knives in Desperado? Who's oh. then Machete? Um, uh, Danny Trejo. Uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that must be like his first major. I mean, film he was actually. Well. Yeah, he he was definitely in a bunch of smaller roles. Mm. Um, uh, oh, there's a good story. He was on a podcast. I can't remember the episode or the show, Ooh. so I won't bother. But talking about how he, I mean, he was an ex-con who mm-hmm. was hired to a film and then just is like was treated well and tried to be a decent guy. So just kept getting put onto sets and getting progressively bigger and bigger roles. Until he's, but he's also this tall apparently. Oh really? It's a short man. Yeah, he's a short man. Well, I expect him very... to, be, to be like this tall, yeah. coming off the top of the camera. Like, yeah, it's a it's a uh, Tom Cruise effect. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> um, so that was Voodoo Kid. <laughs> yes, that's all the games. Perfect, mm. perfect. Should we open some more beers? Yeah, sure. We'll Go open on. beers in Lucy's case. Um, Adult. What are you going to drink? I have oops, an Imperial Stout. Oh, how strange following gonna... on from the last bit. <laughs> well, I don't think it's easy to follow up an Imperial Stout with anything but an Imperial mm-hmm. Stout, to be fair. This one's from Left Handed Giant. It's When the Moon Collapses. It's a Struppwaffel Imperial Stout. So the reason why I originally paired these two was because... They're Imperial Stouts with a connection to the Dutch slash Amsterdam. Uh, while the Dutch one refers to something Italian, the UK one refers to something Dutch. <laughs> um, but then I was like, do I need two Imperial Stouts? Maybe I'll swap them. And then I didn't swap them. Um, so this is a 10.5% Stroopwafel uh, Imperial Stout. It has honeycomb, brown sugar, caramel coffee, cinnamon, and Tanzanian vanilla. Ooh, okay. Um... And it is a healthy... Oh, here's the 10. Mm-hmm. You know, classic left-handed giant yep. sort of graphic design. Yeah. It is a healthy 10.5%. Nice. So I'm going to crack this um, and hopefully pour it a little better. Which was the same... The last one was 10.5? It was 9. It was 9. Straight. Oh, the Empress Tonkoko was 10.5. That's, that's yeah. There we go. There, there was a 10.5 somewhere. Um, it was ten point six, but whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, <laughs> nailed me. I could have let it go. But done me. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucy, are you? Is, is your mm. beer warmed up a little bit? Oh, you have yeah. cracked it. Nice. nice, perfect temperature now. Good, good. We'll roll around then. Um, let us know how that is in a moment. I'm going to drink a beer from Newtown Park. And left-handed giant. Uh, it's called oh, Level Up. It's a double IPA at eight percent. Um, so uh, uh, brewed by Newtown Park, who are in Left-handed Giant's old brewing space. Um, but this says Level Up double IPA, a big hit, 
uh, a big hitting dipper with masses of tropical fruit, pina colada, cotton candy, green melon, and mango. Perfectly balanced by a resinous back note and a hint of pepper from the laurel. Uh, brewed in collaboration with our buddies at Left Handed Giant. After buying their old kit, it seemed only fitting that our first dipper should be brewed with them. It's got mosaic, Eldorado, and laurel in. Uh, it only then tells me the allergens, which are barley, wheat, and oats. Doesn't give me any more info than that. But it's in a lovely little can. It was very eye-catching when I went in the bottle shop. Uh, or the news agents where I picked it up from. So mm. I shall open this, uh, and Ada will. Well, Ada, you're having a have a moment. Lucy, we'll roll around to you for the um, the small Tom Coco. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just distracted because Sega will launch its first NFTs in summer 2021. Uh, I, re- I did read that headline. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I just had a I hate the world stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after reading that, this is a perfect beer to drink because it's just just it's a nice one to just sip on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just try and forget the world. It's been, uh, you know, ugh. yeah. <laughs> it is a perfect like. Um, Chose it because I wasn't going to drink this um, evening, but this is like the perfect one where it's just like I don't want anything too heavy, but you want something like a, a, maybe a bit deeper, a bit more rich for the for the evening, and it's and it's just perfect. Um, yeah, it's got a nice nice chocolatey maltiness to it. It's you can smell the like the the sugar off it. It's got a nice it's like freshly baked kind of like sweetness out of the Ooh, oven kind of smell um, nice yeah a bit of cinnamon getting a bit of that vanilla but it's not too sweet with all mm-hmm. the things that were in it um, let me just remind myself marshmallow, coconut, cacao tonka and vanilla um, but even with all that it's, it, it's still I wouldn't say subtle, but it's still it's still reserved enough where it's it's not too sweet and in your face. Um, oh, it just smells delightful. But yeah, it's um, it's one of those where it's like the body. It's not it's not got a heavy body. It's not very you know viscous, but it still brings in all those flavors, and that's what mm. I love about Brew York that they can just. No matter what the percentage, their stouts still give you that like very comforting, yes. homey feeling. Um, very, very. Yeah, it's just good. Yeah, like malty, biscuity, um, very rustic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just good. I love Perfect. their stouts. Good. Amazing. But yeah, nice. that's a nice. small. It's also got a bit of that roasty uh, taste as well. So, hmm. I'm just gonna. I don't know. Vibe it. This for the rest just, of the night. Just from, just yeah, I mean, just from memory, I don't know whether I have had the s'more tonkoko. I've had. I haven't had the. S'more, yeah, I've had a few different ones, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've had that. Is it a new? Yeah. Is it a new bit? Is there anywhere on there that says it was no, brewed on a, or canned on or anything like that? Is it? A, it's been around for a while because this isn't okay. the first one that I've had. Um... Let me pull the rest. I mean, even though it says it might say brewed on, that is only this then batch of that 
Um, rarely do we get kind of like batch numbers and things like that on cans or brew numbers and, and things uh, of various. Second bits. second of February it was uh, canned. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's been around for a spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a brand brand new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. Um, I did see in. Um, in the box shop where I went to um, grab a few beers the other day, they had that uh, Polly's Spectrum set of beers, which is a, mm. an IPA, a double IPA, a triple IPA, and a quadruple mm. IPA. And I was very, very tempted to pick it up, thinking, is this kind of, you know, are they trying to fill that space? Is this the new kind of like Cannonball run? Is it going to be this nice mm. event sort of beer right. coming on? But there must be a Tonkoko run at some, you know, um, and then there was those Three Hills beers. They did all of these different adjunct sort of stouts as well. So then um, whether they all stack up in kind of ABV rather than just the difference in, you know, in a, in a little bit of in the flavor sort of thing. Yeah. There is a whole range of them. Mm. But yeah, I, I mean, if I could just like buy like a pack of them where it's like, you know, all the different strengths are it just, it just, yes a, just I am 18 or over yeah. <laughs> just a 12 pack with two <laughs> two of each different Tonkoko style beer in it from Brew York would yeah, that be good we'd do that yeah. oh man there's a Tonkoko I mean Brew York Tonkoko Hall of Fame pack Brew York must love their video games because there's been lots of video game based game. beer names and labels and stuff we'll get them on Fuck it. Let's, let's email them. Let's have a look. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but this this sixty pound one. Oh wow! Is this? Is this? Oh my god! I might have to buy this. Uh, this Tonkoko rum. Forty percent. Forty two percent rum. Ooh. Rum. They've done a Tonkoko. Forget rum. the Tonkoko run. You can just have the Tonkoko rum. Mm. Yeah. From Brew York. Tonkokoing. Yeah. Tonkoko. They've started, started distilling rum as well, have they? But yeah, it comes with the milk stout and the it comes with a nice poster. Okay. Posters always want the rum. Nope. Don't know what I'd do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Drink the rum, look at it, put it away somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Nice. Um, Adol, we'll come back to you for Uh, uh, what were you having? Left handed giant. Yeah, when the moon collapses, the Strupwaffel. Uh, Imperial Stout. Um, head is completely the opposite of the Dolce de Leche one. Um, basically looks like like, like just a almost a cola, except that there's a bit of clinginess um, on the head, but it's, there's almost none. It almost looks like a flat cola. Mm. Oh, wow. So that nose is very light. Um, you're getting a little bit of that coffee, toffee. Um, but mostly it's that Tanzanian, I think, yeah, Tanzanian vanilla. You're getting this nice, light, uh, non-artificial vanilla uh, smell and with a slight sort of uh, malty undertone, mm-hmm. So it makes which just makes the nose much fuller. This is a very, very luscious-smelling uh, beer, despite luscious being the wrong term for, like, a more stouty thing. But I just mean it's very, very enjoyable. It's... um. It's much more beery than the one the sours we had last week, but it still reminds me of just this like really solid non-standard beery note nose. Mm-hmm. It's very very pleasant. 
Mm. So that sweetness right at the end uh, gives away that it's 10.0%. Yeah. Um, but other than that, this is this is it's thin. It's not viscous at all, which I was surprised at by. Okay. Maybe that's why it like has almost no lacing as well. Mm. Not viscous at all might be pushing it, but it's a lot thinner thinner than I expected. It swishes around the mouth and just sort of slides away. It's very easy to drink. It's um, so it has this caramel, a little bit of coffee, this. Vanilla basically is at the same level as the nose all the way through. So you can kind of miss it in the taste, except it's sort of always there. Mm-hmm. It finishes with this sweetness at the back of my throat and the tip of my tongue. And uh, over top, you've got this um, lightly burnt sugar. Like if you started making a creme brulee and just said, fuck it, and then took a bite. So like part of it is burnt, but most of it's not. Um, which is very interesting. Again, it helps bring out that light, airy sweetness uh, with the with the vanilla. Um, this is dangerously easy to drink. <laughs> um, yeah, there's something else there. Can't quite place something deeper on the undertones. So, like the last one I said had almost like you could tell that there were like hops in it. Mm. Uh, this one has none of that. This is very much like a. A sweet milk stout, or a sweet stout, but it's not a milk stout, which I like because the sweetness is coming from the alcohol only mm. and, and being supported by the vanilla, but it's still got enough sort of stouty beefiness is the wrong term. Um, <laughs> Heft. Like, yeah, like, 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 it's, it's more barrel chested. That's sort of the beefiness I was thinking yeah. of, right? Um, so it's, it, but again, it's not like, it's like the barrel chested sidekick in the the show where you've got a, like a lippy protagonist and then as soon as people say we want to fight he the sidekick sort of stands up and shows their like that they're big because it's not it's not imposing it in your face just it's stomps just into the scene chested. pushes them out with yeah their exactly nose type thing like yeah but also they won't they won't do anything unless a fight happens so they're basically always kind of in the background being barrel chested but not being antagonizing mm-hmm. that's a metaphor um it's blue it's Bluto from Popeye. All chest, yeah. no nothing. Yeah, except Bluto's not non antagonizing. No, he's true. literally yeah, the antagonist. Is, yeah. yeah, um I'm just looking. Yeah, so to me the honeycomb and caramel are kind of doing the same thing. I was just curious if I like could taste the, the bits now that I've had a taste. But there is something, and I think it might it might just be that the malts are coming through that that aren't coffee. Or burnt toffee or anything, and that's what's giving it a little more depth. Is the fact that the malts aren't doing that; it's the actual additives of the caramel and the mm, mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah, so they've added caramel and coffee, and I actually don't think the malts are. I think they've picked malts that aren't doing the same thing, and so it's giving it much more breadth. And I think that's where the barrel chested it's just like got a broader taste. So I can taste all those those notes that they've mentioned on the tin, but also there's still other stouty notes rather than these are also. The majority of them are possible notes on a stout, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Anyway, yeah, it's it's very good, very easy to drink, probably dangerously so. Um, 10.5%. You can tell if you've had enough Imperial Stouts, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not boozy, right? But it's got that telltale 
Oh, I'm pretty sure most of the sweetness isn't from the brown sugar on the tin. It's from the fact that this is 10%. Mm. But if you sort of hadn't been around, haven't done enough rounds of with Imperial Stouts that trick you, you would you would just be like, ah, oh, this is great. It's kind of light. It's sort of got the sweetness. It's not sickly sweet. It's not a milk stout, which has sort of more of a full body in the sweetness. It's just like, oh, yeah, I could slug this back. Nice. Maybe I'll have a second one. And you're like... Oh, that's like I've had four recession ales. Oops. Uh, eight after two, right? Now I'm waking up with a headache. Doesn't happen. It's a myth. <laughs> Only for mutants. Not, um, yeah. It's very much <laughs> true in my world. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, this new town park, Brewing Company and Left-Handed Giant collaboration, um, it's, it's not what I expected when I poured it from a double IPA. Um, you know, it's it's mm. see through. It's really clear. Um, nice. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell from the camera, but when you rotate it, I can see your thumb. Yes, just enough. Yeah, you're a little pixelated on yeah, my it's end. But... My big old big old thumb through the glass. So it's like it's like a cloudy lager almost. It is. It is absolutely, and, it, and in color, it looks like that as well. Um, big piney nose, lots of mango on there as well, and that comes through in the flavor. Loads of ripe mango, loads of pine on the. Um, on the finish as well. Very, very easy though. This is kind of my, I think my weak spot. I mean, this, this is, it's kind of, you know, it hits me in that way. That I'm like, yep, it, yep, I will drink all of this in three sips. Done, gone. <laughs> um, you know, it gives, it gives a lot. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a softer stone fruit in there. It's not just that tropical kind of mango. There's there's something else, maybe there's sort of like a little peachy note, but I don't know whether that's the mango subsiding slightly and the pine kind mm. of coming in, whether it's a little bit of weaker mango and something else filling that gap um with this with this sort of this this kind of pine note. But um what were the hops? Mosaic, Eldorado and Laurel. Um and there's What a- are the notes on a laurel? Do you guys remember? I missed that. Sorry, was it a joke? What are the notes on a laurel? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it um, it's it does say on here, um, uh, balanced by a resinous back note and a hint of pepper from the laurel. So uh, the laurel is giving it that kind of piney resinous finish. Okay. A little bit of pepper. Yeah, I can get that now. I've now I've said it. Absolutely, I can. I can see that. And there's a little bit of. A little bit of heat going along with that, um, okay. you know, and, and that you get from black pepper, enough black pepper, if you put it on, just that little sort of lift in heat as well. Um, but it does, it says, um, uh, masses of tropical fruit, pina colada, cotton candy, melon and mango. So it, it, mm. it is exactly what it says uh, on the tin. When I'm, when I'm saying that kind of, that drop in that kind of mango flavor and something a little bit more softer in there. It, it is that kind of cotton candy flavor. Definitely that sort of little bit of sweetness that you get from sort of an overripe kind of um, melon and, and a mango sort of thing. So yeah, absolutely. This this fits really well with what they've suggested. Quick, um, quick Google said um, floral and herbal uh, mm-hmm. notes from the lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just remember. I, th- I think mostly cloud water I've had where they've had like laurel. Hops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember cloud water putting in laurel in in a couple of their mm. beers last year, maybe. Um, a couple of years ago, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. Who knows these days? 
uh, only because last year I didn't go to a bottle shop and it's like <laughs> I, I remember seeing them on the shelves uh, mm. Laurel Cloud Waters so. nice oh god I want to go to a bottle shop it's been time, Lucy. You've got you got to take the plunge. You've got to take the plunge. Rates to, uh, rates are right down yeah, at the I moment. Mean, rates are really down. So yeah, but imagine if I caught COVID going to a from, bottle shop. <laughs> yeah. Also, like the the rates are down, but you can also still order from most of them. But it's the visceral feel of it, man. <laughs> hey, it's fine. Don't pressure people to come out of lockdown faster no, than they want to. Absolutely. No, I know, I know he's not. It, it, because I yeah, just I put in a order with like left field beer anyway. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's no need for a while. <laughs> Perfect. That's good. That's good. Um, okay, we will enjoy these beers. Um, I'm just going to jump in. I've got one game. Well, I haven't got one game. I've got a couple of games to talk about. But one game I have to talk about. Um, which is a game called uh, Be- Buildings Have Feelings 2. Mm. Um, we were provided a I'm really code. Intrigued by this one. Mm-hmm. Mm. We provided a code um, from through Evolve uh, from the publisher, and it builds itself on being this kind of a... city builder game, but it isn't. Mm. It's not a city builder. It's not a city builder in the sense that you would think of a city builder. You um, basically control a building. And you run along a 2D plane, and it's like a puzzle game. So you have various objectives when you get into an area. And the objectives might be make a two-star bakery, or make a two-star lawyer offices, and and stuff like this. Ah. And each of these buildings kind of has its own personality, and you can put various different... um, uh, um, uses within these different buildings, right? And the idea is that you have to hit these objectives, and a lot of that comes down to the placement of these buildings and their uses. So, you know, in the first area, it's saying have some people, and you might put in some rented accommodation next to some rented accommodation. And they then link up with each other and go, "Hey, these this was the thing. This is the thing that we wanted to make us a two-star rented accommodation. To make us a three-star rented accommodation, put a pub next to us. So you then build a new building and you put a pub next to them. And, and building, you know, it's it's not like a city builder again. Time doesn't pass. You basically say, please, please place a building here uh, on this run of buildings or on this on this run of space." And a building will appear, and you can put a use into it. It's very swift. It's very fast in that sort of sense. But it is a puzzle game, absolutely. And a lot of the time I'm finding with this that to meet the objective, I've I've gone right. So I need, let's say, a, a pub. I need a whiskey distillery so I can then level up the pub. I need... Um, like accommodation for people because they then level up i need then this next to that the whiskey distillery also wants something that is industry next to it but the the accommodation doesn't want industry because that then takes down the rating of them so you have to kind of shuffle and shift where these different things are to come up with that perfect combination of buildings to kind of maximize all of their ratings 
to then give you the amount of hearts you need to move on to say the next area sort of thing and it, it, it absolutely is a puzzle game and uh, and I like that about it I like that it is not kind of you know a classic sort of city builder in that kind of way it feels a little bit different they're trying something else um, but but don't go into this game thinking it's a city builder and it's yeah, tagged yeah. as a city builder as well, but it is not. It's not like City Skylines. It's not like SimCity. It isn't that at all. It's very, very different to that. Um, and that is not a bad thing. It just isn't that expectation that you should have into. going into yeah. this game. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It, it, looks, it, it looks like it was a very hard game to describe in like a Steam. Like uh, yeah, of, yeah very much. Yeah, because I I've seen this game like I saw it when it was like you know announced and I was just like that is a really cool art style mm. like that was what drew me in but until you've explained it now I still had no idea what game what the actual gameplay was yeah. so yeah it but yeah that's it kind of I had to remember the name of the game um, rip them off that we all played yeah it sort of has that kind of um, that kind of uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say gameplay loop, but um, that kind of end goal where it's like, okay, having to you know, grow this city and um, this obviously has a less cynical take on it uh, Yes, <laughs> from, yeah Yeah, yeah you, know, you, you charging the you, you absolutely you, Harrods you feel like <laughs> you do feel like you have to optimise all the time uh, and it doesn't it doesn't penalise you for for certain things. So, I can I can have a setup of buildings, and then have say like a lawyer's office, and know that the lawyer's office wants to be next to similarly levelled um, other office based things, but it also wants a cafe. The cafe's mm-hmm. over here, and I can move my lawyer's office over here, and bang it up to two stars. I'd be like perfect, mm-hmm. okay. And then the other lawyer's office I've got over here. I can just it's swap bad. it in with that one, move that lawyer's office right. over there, and that one then becomes two stars. This one doesn't then lose its two stars because it's moved oh. out of that position. And if the objective is to have two two-star lawyer offices, I've done that. So it, yeah. it has that okay. element yeah. of you being able to kind of game the puzzle a little bit and and move these sorts of parts about. And that you know that is that is part of the ongoing puzzle i suppose this this kind of idea that there isn't like one solution it is a constant shift and rearrangement of these sorts of things to bring them all up and there will be sort of you know an, an optimized way to do this at least from kind of how i feel these things could stack up there is kind of that solution that will do everything but it allows you that little bit extra to kind of shift things in and out and change things as you want um and as i say you're this like little building going around talking to other buildings just running back and forward on this 2d sort of street moving buildings about telling them where to go and building new buildings and things and it has this lovely kind of charm to it and and, and just that little bit of humor um a little bit of self-deprecation in terms of the you know the humor that you get from the buildings and and some of them are like hey I'm this big building and I should be this and why are you changing what I'm doing and all this and then other ones which are like 
oh hey yeah just you know just leave me alone I'm just a rubbish building kind of thing don't worry about it like, oh, I should just probably be demolished oh. and, and it absolutely gives these buildings their own um, persona and, cool. and, and these sorts of things so and, it, and, it's, and it's fun and I, I find myself going okay I'll, I'll, I'll jump back in for 10 minutes I'll have a look and, and I'll try and work out what is going on and see if I can meet this sort of next objective and some of them have been really hard so I'm like oh shit how, how do I get this building to be a two-star building because I need that to be two-star to then make this building over here three-star which is the objective that I've currently got there's a lot of kind of almost like troubleshooting going around like being like right I'll move this here that does that I move this here that does that I move this here that then does that which allows me to then move that here and now I've completed my objective um, so it, it, it kind of pulls you in in that way and it's got this lovely charm to it it's got this lovely aesthetic, but there's just something that it hasn't quite grabbed me yet. Mm. And I'm not feeling that compelled to go back to it and be like, right, I absolutely want to smash this area out and do everything that this area wants me to do. I'm kind of going into it in little sort of sessions. I say, you know, go in for 15 minutes, do a couple of things, come back out. Maybe find an evening and go in for 15 minutes. I'm not, I'm not, if I have a free evening, mm-hmm. I haven't been sat here thinking, right, I'm just going to blast through this game. Um, part of that has been because Lucy, after you very kindly sent me the um, the Xbox control pad, I've actually been mm. able to play Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and that's all I've wanted to play. After starting, I'm like, this is the this is, game is fucking fantastic, and this is all I want to do, and I want to absolutely hammer this. So, everything else is is, is kind of been at that at its detriment to um, to yeah. Ori, uh, but it's just not quite that element to grab me with buildings have feelings too. It's it, mm. it is fun. It's I mean, don't tell them that. It turns out here that they have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he didn't like it. Um, I mean, it, it it really is, and it's it, and it's a good puzzle game. It will really get you thinking uh, mm. about that order, about what you have to do, about these sorts of things. And I think part of maybe the the reason it hasn't grabbed me is some of the like there's a, there's a lot of uh, menus to go through in this. So you will yeah. you will walk up to a building, and you will click on the building. And it will tell you what it needs to level up. You then have to click another button to see maybe what things you can do for that. So you can click a different button to get a hint from the building. You have to press different buttons to press different buttons. Of course, you've got to press fucking different buttons. But it, you, it feels like you're going through lots of different menus to do quite simple things with it. So it feels a little bit convoluted in the way that its sort of systems want you to do stuff and you can see that they have tried to optimize it in the best way mm-hmm. there's just a lot going on to try and optimize and it's not that so that's where it's a sim city management puzzle game where it has a lot of menus that's how that's that portion of the game yes menus. that's why it's a city builder <laughs> menus menus everywhere <laughs> suboptimal yeah yeah and it, it just I don't know it, it 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 feels like it's a bit too much 
Mm. Uh, there's 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 absolutely a simplified version of this somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 the it seems like they tried to meld the two genres and haven't quite stuck the landing. Yes. But... Yes. Yeah. Um, question: uh, uh, How are you playing this? Are you playing it on controller or on mouse and keyboard? Because so, just looking at the reviews, I think that is um, what people are most disappointed about: the controls rather than the game itself. Yeah, completely. I I, I have played on both. Um, I played on mouse and keyboard, and I played on control pad, mm-hmm. and the game kind of lends itself a little bit more to mouse and keyboard because you can be a little bit more accurate with what you're looking to do. You know, as as you have this uh, street, you have dots along it, and different buildings take up a certain amount. You know, each dot is a space, mm-hmm. so a residential building might take up three spaces uh, a warehouse building might take up five spaces and when you're on a control pad you can yeah. you can run up to a space and think that you've got it but actually you've just clipped too far and you've clipped the next one so then you've got to go onto the directional pad and move back mm. one whereas if your mouse keyboard just fucking click it oh, okay. uh, so it's a little bit more um Solid playing on mouse and keyboard, it just it just feels a little bit better in those sorts right. of terms. Okay. Um, but I've kind of persisted a little bit playing on. Sorry, it's the the lovely music from the baby monitor that's just died, run out of battery. Um, <laughs> I, I've kind of persisted playing on um, gamepad because lots of other stuff does feel good. So um, rather than me clicking through menus and having different keys to be able to do that. It feels good to run through these menus on the control pad, rather than doing them in a different way on the on the kind of the keyboard. Uh, so, it, it, in one sense, it's good for a control pad, but in the other, it isn't. And there's that issue with the game as well that it, the the controls are kind of trying to cater to both sorts of things, but not quite hitting mm. either of them very not not very well. It, it hits most things in both sort of senses, um, but there's just a little bit of issue with both elements of those controls as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 fun. It just isn't compelling, and that's what I need right now. I need something compelling to take me away from the other games that are that are compelling that want me to keep playing them, like Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Which is just so fantastically made and optimized uh, that that I am gravitating much more towards that uh, than I am from from buildings have feelings too, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's not not to take away from buildings have feelings too, but there's just something for me just not grabbing me yet. Um, yeah. I'm maybe halfway through. I'm you know on uh, the. F- area of about eight or nine so you know um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that happens like not, not, yeah, happens well, not all games you. can be like, for yeah. everyone uh, over and above it sounds like it's perfectly fine just not quite what you want right now and it might never be that's yeah. okay too. Yeah, absolutely. And That's... there will be people out there who this will fit. This will absolutely suit. You know, every game will have a, a, an audience to cater to. Everyone, yeah. yeah. So, uh, they do, kid. 
you know. <laughs> People probably been asking Gog for years for Voodoo Kid. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, six of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's. I, I think. I think that game got pretty decent reviews. <laughs> I don't want to. Don't want to. <laughs> crap just on rag on Voodoo. I, 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 I think it's a really well made game. So mm. just, just being tongue in cheek. So. But yeah, there's a game for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, as there is a beer for everybody, as we've you know talked mm-hmm. about at, at length. There is absolutely a game for everybody, and yeah, buildings have feelings too might fit some people perfectly. You know, they want that little bit of a mix between these kinds of games, and they will get that from this, and they will get that charm yeah. from it. They will get it's a lovely aesthetic. The music's very nice and fits really well with what you're kind of trying to do. Um, it's a it's a really good package as well. You know how it's presented yeah. works very very well. Um, so yeah. it, it's something I will keep going to, just in very small kind of doses. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, I should finish ripping them off. I I have well, I have the same thing with you. It's like that game didn't hit on all cylinders, mm. but I I enjoyed it even though you know the puzzles seemed very didn't seem like there's much leeway um, mm-hmm. in the solutions, so it's like I enjoyed it. Yeah, decent art style. Uh, That's so. um, actually what I've been thinking about with respect to the game I talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was called. I want to say Alice, but it's not. It's um. Let's crap, go what was that? back, shall we? In the it little is. book of things. Uh, uh, what was it called? It was called Scarlet Hood in the oh, Wicked yes. Wood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, again, it was interesting, and I played it for a couple hours on stream and really liked it. And it, it has this time loop, limited time loop mechanic that I kind of got to the point in the game where I was solving puzzles um, and had done two loops, but really the two loops were the ones that were like, hey, loops happen. And it said you could get a maximum of seven, but I didn't. The story was interesting. The world was interesting, but I wasn't like, oh, as soon as that stream ended, it wasn't like, oh, I'll play this tonight. Yeah. Um, but I'm mm. still like intrigued by it. And I want to know, like, like I have a real terrible. I'm really bad about just. It comes from having low save space on various consoles and computers, and just each save just overwriting. And it's like, oh, if you have seven loops, this is a game I might need to use multiple save slots for. <laughs> and like because of because of the mechanic, and that's interesting to me um and i just yeah but it's again i i really liked the setting i liked the modernization and the sort of like remixing of different um fairy tales and whatnot mm-hmm. uh i just wasn't like grabbed by mm-hmm. it yes um yeah. but i do want to take a look more even just to learn more about the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. and see a little bit more of the world like i don't know if i'll finish it it kind of depends on how the next thing goes but I don't want to lose track of it in the same way that sometimes I test a game and it's like, aha, uh-huh, I did that thing. Yeah. Mm. It's what strange human beings. It's like Disc Room, which I was looking forward to for a, a long time, came out, I played a bit of it, and I literally only just completed it last night. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't play it for months. So it, it's just, what bizarre humans. Completely. Absolutely. And and I was thinking earlier, um, I don't know what brought me to this thought, but there was this summer where, um, did I have Evelyn yet? I can't remember. Is it 2016? Who knows? But The Witcher 3 came out, (laughs) right? 
Yeah, and we could look that up. And it was followed very, very quickly. And it came out in, like, The Witcher 3 came out in, like, May. And I spent pretty much the whole summer playing it. Mm-hmm. And then Metal Gear Solid Five came out. Yeah, and I moved, like, straight on to that game. Like, brilliant, mm. perfect. This this is exactly what I want. You know, I wanted that big, epic RPG. And then I wanted to then get into something which was equally as big, but offered me something slightly different. It's not necessarily an RPG. It's very much more kind of, you know, Metal Gear Solid is a puzzle game. Uh, working out where you kind of can go, have to go, what you're doing and how you can kind of do it. Um in that very sense of uh, you know enemies have paths and all of those sorts of things and it, like that was like perfect for me like that that progression between those games and I've, I've had times where mm-hmm. you know, after i played the most recent god of war where i just sat and went i don't want to play nothing else now i don't, I don't yeah, know what same. to do with my kind of time and we nothing s- else is as good yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> and then we sit here with all of these smaller experiences and we're like something doesn't quite grab me or something it doesn't quite pull me in and other games which are smaller you know like adol you smashed out like before your eyes in like an entire sitting just went through you know and we were we were talking about kind of like how um how good the the mechanic of kind of like blinking was how good the story was to pull you through uh, and those sorts of yeah you one know, of my top games yeah, of this exactly. and, and sometimes things I, I just fucking hit don't they sometimes things just nail what they're trying to do and they hit you at that right moment to pull you through and other times you know the, the buildings have feelings too may have been exactly what I was looking for a year ago it is yeah. just at the moment there's something else it's, that I'm looking for. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing like, about these days. There's so many games that mm. you can find what you One want. One might say too many. I agree. <laughs> but you can find exactly what you want when you're in the mood for it. Yes. So I've been on a point-and-click binge, and I'm playing Dark Side Detective 2 oh, now. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's good. So, <laughs> so many games. So many games. Perfect, perfect. Um, Adol, I feel like we haven't left you very much time to mm. talk about what you'd like mm. to discuss this week. You got ten minutes, um, roughly. Yeah. So I think it's it's a game that I, I you both watched me play last week. I, I didn't. We had a chance to talk about it. I really enjoyed it. It's also mm-hmm. very simple. It's called Size Matters, mm. um, and it, it it's a it's a first person puzzle platformer where you're a scientist in the lab uh and the premise is yeah you done fucked up and you've some something's happened and you are now shrinking at a uh at a slow pace in the environment and you have to basically make the antidote um which is composed of three parts and there will be clipboards strewn about the lab which will say x plus y makes Z, like comp- these are compound names, um, or like put a compound into this magic machine and type a certain code and they'll come out with this new compound. Um, and so you sort of have 
uh, eight or nine compounds that you have to hunt around the lab to find, and maybe 12 clipboards. I think that was like the normal hard version. Um, I think, yeah, and like, basically, easy was about six and six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and easy was like, I mean, real easy. Um, but basically, I played it on stream and with Ben in the back seat, which really helped, um, to be honest. I think <laughs> it would have been because no, we smashed through beginning normal hard real easy uh yeah quickly minutes to spare etc um and it it was just a lot of fun and like by the time we got to hard one of the things i learned was like get all the clipboards and put them in one place in a row and then as soon as you do then figure out which because some of the clip clipboards are red herrings so you can't just like get a clipboard and if you mm. know where the chemicals are start the interaction because some of them will make the wrong thing mm. so you have to just you have to just kind of use your in deduction so like if, if it's basically look for the and some of the clues are on like whiteboards on the wall so you can't just rely on the clipboards that was one of the things that harder difficulty put in. So you're basically like, how do I make keys one, two, and three? Okay, key three needs this interaction. Let's say it's some compound and a number in that machine. Then you're like, how do I get that compound? And you're like, oh, well, it's I found a clipboard that says it's made of these two things. How do I make those two things? Well, I only have one of those things. Oh, but that other thing is is required. This other microwaving this other thing, then adding water to it, then putting that thing into a machine and typing in the code twelve oh seven or something. So you just like the more clear headed you are at the beginning, and also just the the better it'll be by just like basically throwing away the clipboards that don't mean anything, but also ordering the clipboards that do but obviously as it difficulty increases you have less time to do that organizational stuff mm -hmm. and meanwhile as time goes by you're getting smaller which mm. means navigating the room becomes harder and so you have to start jumping onto like <laughs> stools like rolly stools or boxes and then you get too small for the rolly stool so you need a box to get on the rolly stool then you need a, something and then i realized that the cupboards that the um it's like sorry the drawers at desks, you know, you have multiple drawers, and you realize, I realized, oh, you could treat them kind of like stairs. So you can open the bottom one and then use that to jump onto the um, stool to jump on the table to put the thing in. Mm -hmm. And did re pretty well overall yeah, you, with that. You, you even were doing the, really well with that. Like was on hard, on hard, it was mm. like, I'm now small enough that I need to navigate the world with moving things around to get these last steps because it's like again this this like chain of figuring out what to do um i also realized halfway through that run was i had started with putting everything on the desk nice and neat as, as one might um and then as i got rid of things throwing it on the floor <laughs> but then i got small enough getting seeing the desk was an issue but now i couldn't just put the things on the desk on the floor because i've littered the floor with other things that don't matter mm -hmm. which was a really interesting learning point which is th thinking about the scale of things and actually it's like lay out all the things on one piece of floor and then throw them somewhere else who cares else but just like having a patch because you don't trip over um clipboards although they do have physics and there was a handful of times where pulling them out of uh cupboard and having them like hitting something on the way out and then tumbling and landing upside down and then having to like flip them over or having them on the top shelf of a top cupboard that you can't quite grab them out properly because they keep hitting the top of the cupboard 
and you're too small to like just reach it so you have to jump and try and grab and pull and then it gets caught on the thing and then you fall down and then you waste like 35 seconds being this essentially foothold goblin trying to get a clipboard <laughs> off the top shelf of a cupboard and you're like what am i doing but also this is so much fun yeah. like it, it's even like and the thing is as soon as you notice you start to shrink you're like oh the time oh i don't and like ask ben even on the normal run i was already very cognizant of yes. time like enough yeah. it has enough shrink like size mattering um to um even though we like finished with five minutes to spare, spare and it wasn't really difficult, it still gave the tension. Yes. Like it, it and it, it like doles out the shrinking and kind of bursts. I think is one of the reasons why it really helps, is because you're not just like slowly shrinking. It's like after a minute you're like, and then after another minute you're you're so so you notice that and you notice the shrink, which is still like over a few seconds but it's like you've hit this moment and now you're shrinking and i think that tricks your brain to be like oh shit this is the right i'm shrinking or at least i'm so preoccupied with the other things i can't pay attention to how, when was the last like i can't do the mental math of i shrunk about this many units 30 seconds ago and now i'm shrinking this many units so actually it'll be fine it's Instead, you see, I'm shrinking. Mm. Ah, I'm shrinking again because I'm too busy trying to use it's my more brain those, to like, it's more those, move the clipboard. It's one of those critical points where suddenly you shrink yeah. under 900 centimeters, uh, uh, 900 millimeters, and you've gone under the worktop height. And you're like, oh shit, that's a fucking <laughs> issue. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Again, and that, that was the, the run I had where I had laid everything perfectly out, and then it was like having to hit jump. To like see, and it's like, and, and again, trying to uh, like read the clipboard without having to climb on the desk, and then be like, oh, there's a code. I think it's 1207. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, uh. And meanwhile, Ben's seeing it on stream, and his, like, I have, luckily, I think I would have done way worse if I didn't have a TV as my main monitor, because I could like look over and be like, yeah, it says 1270, and Ben's like, it says anything? Because, <laughs> like, the difference between resolution and screen size was like, no, there's no way Ben could have played it at, like, via stream. Like, if we played it on Parsec, he'd be like, nah, yeah. gotta run over there. Um, and it, it's just loads of fun. Uh, my only complaint is when you go from hard to crazy, they introduced two things, which were um, beakers can spill. <laughs> So if you if the beaker isn't held perfectly up upright, so like you grab it from above and pull it, it's gonna like tip. You slam dunking beakers is probably yeah. one of my favorite things I've uh, seen. And it and so it spills, um, and you're like, ah oh, fuck. And the other thing is, if you bash it into something too hard, it breaks. Um, and like the only way to figure out how what how these things matter is just kind of to play it. But like, there's a new machine, which is. Fixing an ingredient. In the previous levels, it would be like you got one of those red herring clipboards and you need to like reverse mm -hmm. a bad move. In these, it's like you broke a beaker. You go to the thing, you're like, I broke this beaker and it just magically makes it, which kind of yeah. sucks because I though it's like movie science in the idea that, yeah, you just add a couple things and microwave it and something and add water and it'll just magically do a thing. Um, it's just felt very concrete still. Uh, like there was some logic to it, but then it's like, I push a button and this machine runs for a minute and just creates a beaker out of thin air of the ingredient that I broke. And I kind of wish it wasn't so... Like, gameplay-wise, it's very good because you break a beaker. You break three beakers. 
first one you broke will get made minute second one minute third one minute but also you can't pick it's just a little jarring in the sense of everything felt felt very fluid pun intended um and then this felt very not yeah. um but and then as we discovered because i was like oh I'm looking at my, my, one of my beakers, and there's nothing in it. It says, I don't know, Thoridium or whatever the thing. Because like, they have they do have really great names, and a lot of them sound similar. So you can't just be like, oh, the P one. Like, the A one and the T one make the P one. Because there's like two very similar sounding P ones and three similar sounding T ones. So you're like constantly like, oh, I have to, I have to waste time to reread these clipboards. Because what if I got the wrong one? I can't handle, like, I can't waste the minute it takes to revert a mistake, which I really like. Um, but, again, it's this, like, I've got, uh, from the way I look at the speaker, it's empty. I try and put it in the fix machine. Fix machine does nothing, and it wastes, like, two minutes, and I don't know. It took me a while to even figure out how the fix machine worked, because I was preemptively trying to fix non-broken mm, things. Because mm. it turns out the spilling is just a red herring mechanic, as far as I can tell. As long as there's somewhat some in it, you add it to the other thing and it'll mix fine, which I think is just a shame because there could be like maybe there's a crazy plus where like actually it's one part of this and one part of this. And so you spill this and you don't you have to spill this to make it work. Yeah, or something like that. A lot of settings, which was nice. A lot of things you could toggle with. Yes. The gravity one was quite funny. Yeah. So that. So those were the only things that I was like, I feel like the leap up to difficulty and crazy, like there's a clip on our on our Twitch of four seconds into my run on crazy, I break a beaker because I didn't realize that could happen. It was like, I don't know how to, and I and again, I didn't know how to fix this. So it's just like, I guess my run's over. <laughs> cool game. Uh, but like, I actually enjoy having to figure that out because my next run, I also broke a thing, but I'm like, ah, I've got, like, I'm not going to pass this. So let me just play around and see what i can do and that's how i figured out how the like fixing machine mm. but yeah so that was my only thing is i felt like spilling didn't seem to matter but it felt like it did and that's just like a unfortunate bait and switch because in the moment you're like <gasps> but yeah. then afterwards you're like well fine whatever i'll just not like then suddenly picking things up isn't a big deal i lose all as long as i don't smash it it's fine but it also took me out of the like game because mm. it felt like it was less concrete um, but yeah, what's really cool about the game is the cu- basically you go beginning, middle, hard, crazy, and tiny and low grav. I think were the, all the settings, the preset ones, and they put all, they show you exactly what the plethora of settings are, and then you can go to custom and change them. So you can change your starting height, your like when the game ends height, how high you jump, the number of jumps you have, um, the like resilience of the beakers if mm. you go into beaker breaking etc like there's uh, th- there's just like three pages of settings of like 15 to 20 settings a page of just making it your own experience and you can go really dumb like totally non-realistic and or also just really difficult and so like one of the presets they had was low grav and that was the last run i did and it was fine it was very easy in the sense but it was also just fun having spent almost two hours with the game to then bounce around like you start really short but you have like a double jump and low gravity and i didn't realize you had a double jump for the longest time um and it was just like it was a really good way of just like hey i just want to play this game because i like it yeah rather than i want to challenge that's what that felt like and having it as a preset and being like if you pass normal 
you have no problem with low grav, but also you'll kind of just have this silly smile on your mm. face. Yeah. And you're but, but you'll still be like because you start short. It was like I did the thing, which was make my get all my clipboards and put them on the floor because there's no way like I'm already too short to use the table as my service. And then like dealing with clipboards that didn't matter became a thing because I couldn't just fling it behind me because it was like oh that's where I planned out key two. And so it was still kind of like organizationally interesting even though it was not like super time pressure. Um so yeah, it, I, but yeah, 100% percent i settings like that. Like, it's just like Yes, just let me play the game, you know? Um, like, Disc Room, is, it has a setting where you can just unlock all rooms. It's just like, if you want to explore, you don't particularly want to get all the challenges, just go see what's in that room and, yeah, it, it give people more options. But, yeah, I thought it was a really clever game. Um, it, it's, it's it's sort of in that, like, I am bred surgeon yes. simulator yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, like, absolutely. F- field, but this just feels like it, it's not just it's, for gags. It feels like this. There's it's very a tight, purpose yeah. to it. There's purposeful, and it's like there's an actual puzzle game here, and it's not just awkward controls. And, it, and, it, and it's a well thought through conceit as well. You know that that, that yeah. can very easily up that difficulty level by just adding more steps to the things that you kind of have to do as well. It's it's very simple. But can be very complicated in the way that you kind of have to yeah. play it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's and I think just, it, I was just going to say it's just very. It's just a good package. Like I started watching your stream, and you're obviously concentrating on the game and couldn't see what was going on. But it's like, yes, the the title and what's happening and everything else. It's like, oh yes, you're in a lab, so you must have done some weird, crazy experiment. It all just gels. Mm. And, all well together it's just a you find very few games where it's like okay you have everything just sim enough to say you know same hymn sheet and just makes sense yes yeah. yeah and i liked that when you changed difficulty levels part of it was like different labs which had more space in them so like the the crazy lab also was the one with a back room but also just the spread of the requisite machines was was such that you couldn't see them all like you'd be like wait where was that and just sort of look up you had to like walk around and be like, oh that's where that is and like that's just really like it seems small but it's very important that like part of the difficulty is tracking where things are and so having it so you can't just look and have to rely on your memory or be, and like it just it's those subtle extra bits that just made it really like again a much more cohesive puzzle game and i think like our run on hard um I say hour because Ben helped remind me where I put things because I was like, <laughs> I planned things out. But then in the te- in the tense moments, I'm like, wait, where did I put the thing? Like, I have this chain of things I know I know I need to do, but I can't remember where I put them to start them. And Ben's like, ah, oh, it's behind you. And like that really helped. But like, I think <laughs> hard would be much harder if one, you didn't like front load all that busy work, which I think is is a strategy, right? Like, which you don't necessarily have to do. And you could... You could probably pass hard and have to do a lot more jumping around mm. as a small person mm. to do it. Um, but also, in with the tense moments, even after all that front-loaded planning, I was losing track of things, but I had Ben in my backpack. And Ben's whispering in my ear, being like, wow, do this. I'm thinking of Yoda and Luke, by the way, with Ben in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have um, a but yeah, co-op that, mode? Dempsey goes. <laughs> Does it have a co-op um, mode? Like Ooh, I don't know. two player. It doesn't. 
That would be kind of funny. Oh, you want know to be really interesting if it was two player where one of you was growing. The growing. The, I was about to say the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, hello. <laughs> and it, and it's called step on. The and it's called Size team. Matters Two T O O. Size Matters as well. Good. Good. They yeah. can just release that now. Done. Yeah, yeah. Um, Residuals can be sent to <laughs> PayPal slash. <laughs> Perfect. That's a good place and if they for got, us um, to finish this yeah. week. Let, Honey, I try, is it Rick Moranis who's in Honey? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah they should put put him in it. <laughs> the key master Playable himself. Character. <laughs> yes. Oh shit! Because if it's two people, you have to see who the other character is. It's Sigourney Rick Moranis Weaver. and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Ah, <laughs> uh, we solved it. <laughs> Done. Just, I mean, it doesn't even have to be them. It just has to be slight representations of them, doesn't oh, it? To not even worry about no, but, rights and things. But Ben, the person who's growing is the state puff marshmallow man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hashtag millennial references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's like, and then there's and then there's then, then there's there's a mod for it where you're Vigo and the guy that you know screams at the Ghostbusters and gets gooped at the end. That's also in Ali McBeal. Yeah, yeah. That guy, you know, you know. Oh, that we guy. We have Ghostbusters yeah. two mods for this oh, what's game. What's his name? Like, uh, I wouldn't know his name. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just the guy oh, you were trying to wrap up, goes, and then we go. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say all I can remember is Vigo. <laughs> oh, I gotta look that up. You find out who that is. Uh, if you'd like to check out all the other content that we produce, you can go to outoflives.net to look at that. Check out our YouTube channel, or stick around on our Twitch and look at the uh, the vods over there as well. If you have a couple of minutes and would be so kind, please rate and review us on your podcast service or your viewing service of choice. You can get all of us at Tanked Upcast on most of the socials or Out of Lives Net on Twitter as well. I am at Nova underscore 47. Lucy, you are? Uh... Juicy Lewis Nights. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Uh, Adel is at Peter McNimble <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, what are you really? Hashtag dancing baby. Uh, <laughs> now I'm at the Omniarch. Good. I think that's everything. I think those are all of the things. Yeah. I think that's everything. Did we say our favourite beers? No. Oh, oh shit, we, didn't we didn't even didn't. talk about Fuck, our favourite no. beers. Yeah, Ben's all like, Ghostbusters, we must have already done all the other things. I mean, we the, the, the tangents normally come a little bit later, don't they? After uh, after the beers have yeah. kicked in a little bit. Uh, Adel. I mean, I only have one, so... Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, let's favorite. start with Lucy. <laughs> Small Tonkogo is my Perfect. favourite. Perfect. Adel. We're just a you? little bit above the water. <laughs> <laughs> the measuring jug Ab- didn't quite a whole stack jug up this of week. measuring cup of water. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, I liked the left-handed giant mm-hmm. a lot, as I always do. It's a very, it's like a dangerous, sessionable, imp- imp- sweet dessert imperial stout in the sense of you could easily have two, three, because it's just so light, despite itself. But I'm gonna give it to the. Dulce Cup from mm. Braurai, Poset, Siat, and Cotter, uh, collabing with Old Hickory. Uh, mostly because 
it's so interesting that you can have this hoppy aftertaste. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's an imperial milk stout with some front-loaded, like, sickly almost sweet. Like, Dulce de Leche is just, like, very sick, milky, sickly milk, sickly sweet milky taste. Wow. Um, and <laughs> sick. it's just very rich. Rich is yes. the word I was looking for. Okay. Um, and I said sick, and then I didn't know what I was doing, and then I tried to reverse it. <laughs> it's like cold puke. Oh uh, no, not at all. No, no, it's it's a it's a it's a rich. It's like a rich milky taste. Um, uh, this is a good thing. Oh, okay, everyone. Good, good, I'm good. saying this is a good thing, even though we've said a lot of bad things in the last ten seconds. Um, and it, like I said, rich milky um paste, which is very front loaded. But the fact that it fades back enough so that the hops they have give it this like, oh, this is a beer in a way that like imperial stouts just don't do but it still mm -hmm. tastes like an imperial stout i've just not seen that balance and it's really good and it kind of it makes i started the chat about this being like this is very like a dessert beer like you know you can end the night with it but actually because it ends on this like slightly hoppy beery note you could chain these really easily because it's like really sweet strong um broad imperial stout stout with a lot of sweetness but and it finishes not super sweet but actually kind of dank kind of hoppy kind of bitter you're like huh i finished beer wise mm. so i could have beer while the when the moon collapses strubwaffel imperial stout is just this again not a bad thing it's doing the sweet imperial stout it's leaning into the sweetness it's giving a really nice desserty stroopwafel taste which i have nostalgia for because of my time living in the netherlands mm -hmm. um it's very good um it's just not this is just surprising and it wants it, it like it's surprising such that i want to have another one but also because of its taste and the curve of its taste i could easily have another mm, one yes. while like after this, I would just want another beer sufficiently and have another one of these because I actually am quite sated by its sweetness and what it's doing. This is a very good beer to end the night with, but this is a good beer to like start and and continue mm -hmm. the night with in a way that mm -hmm. I've never really had a like sweet leaning into sweet imperial stout mm -hmm. ever yeah. do this. So it's really interesting. Try and find this if you nice. can. Nice, perfect. Uh, for me, I. Th think it's going to be the new town park and left hand giant collaboration um whilst the harbor and arbor the arbor <laughs> arbor um it, it flowed very well through those flavors it left me a little bit cold it, it, it finished really quickly the flavor disappeared quite quickly and and that was kind of it whereas the new town park left -hand giant, had a lot of lovely flavors they stuck around um, it flowed quite well, and it feels like a big beer. You know, it's it's eight percent versus I think seven. Um, it feels like a bit of a bigger beer. You know, the mouthfeel was a little bit more rich. Uh, the flavors in there kind of presented themselves a little bit more um, distinctly. You know, this was kind of like, oh, this is happening. Maybe there's a little bit of this. Maybe this is kind of going on. This was like, yep, yeah, there's that, there's that, there's that. Bam. This is this is really good. So for me, it's the Newtown Park and Left-Handed Giant, um, which I, I suppose kind of makes sense. 
a new brewery in an old brewery, an old brew kit, but being brewed on in collaboration with the people that used to brew on it. You said brew a lot, and I honestly mm. lost track of that. Exactly. <laughs> Confusing, yet excellent. Mm. That's how I feel most days. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's that beer. It's that beer. I mean, yeah, the pink one. Yes, the pink one, yes. Uh, so that's it for all of our beers. I've already told everybody and everyone all the, all things. the things where they can go, what they can do, and how they can support us. For another week, we've been tanked up. <laughs> ah, sorry, that pause really got me. Uh, I know you're <laughs> wrapping up, but I'm laughing. All right, bye. bye. Ciao. <laughs> ah. Ah. I love you guys. This is dumb. www.outoflives.net <laughs>